0: Hello and welcome back to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. What does it mean to be jealous or envious in a relationship? What does it do to our mental health and our physical health? Our guest for this episode is Robert Ragland, a licensed professional counselor in the Department of Psychiatry and Employee Assistance Program. He explains the differences between jealousy and envy, and why we sometimes feel jealous or envious, whether it's in a romantic or platonic relationship, or perhaps even at work or while on social media. Mr. Ragland, thank you so much for coming on our podcast.
1: Thank you for having me today.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and what you do here at the Health Sciences Center?
1: Uh, My name is Robert Ragland. I'm a licensed professional counselor supervisor, and I work in the Counseling Center here at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. We have the contracts for the Employee Assistance Program and the Program for Assistance to Students.
0: Well, again, thank you for coming on our podcast. Well, it's February and Valentine's season and the season of love, but sometimes that makes people a little crazy. We're going to talk about jealousy and envy. Can you tell us what is jealousy and envy and is there a difference between the two of them?
1: Okay, I have thought about this a little bit and I believe that they're similar enough it's it's almost like the difference between happiness and joy. They're so similar. I believe envy is more looking at someone else and what they have and wishing that I had it. Like someone has a pickup that I'm envious of. I would like to have that pickup. Or they might have a spouse that I'm envious of. Jealousy has more to do with when I don't want to share What I feel are my possessions, like if I am married, I I wouldn't want to share the time or attention of my spouse with anyone else.
0: Is it possible to feel these emotions when there are no romantic feelings involved?
1: Well, I believe so, yes. We do think of jealousy a lot of times in the context of romantic feelings, but we can be jealous of the time of our friends jealous of someone else's position. Maybe if we thought we deserved a promotion and someone else got it, we can be jealous of that. So those are some examples.
0: I know sometimes around a pet or babies, we might joke, oh, they're going to get jealous if you carry another baby or if you touch another animal. Is feeling jealous or envious a normal response to certain
1: situations? I believe it is normal, as in a normal part of the human experience especially when you think of babies or, you know, those folks still in their developmental stages. But I think we normally feel jealousy at times. I think as we are more grounded, more balanced, the jealousy may not be as intense or as often, but I do think it's a normal part of the human experience.
0: When is it dangerous to our health to feel jealous
1: or envious? If we think in terms, of, we see a lot of folks who deal with anxiety and or depression. In fact, almost everyone probably has at least some familiarity with one or the other of those. When we're feeling jealous or envious, we may have a certain amount of fear that we'll be excluded or that someone's going to choose someone else. We might be abandoned. That fear comes from having a problem that we don't feel like we can solve, when it comes to relationships, if we feel like this relationship isn't going the way that I want it to, and I, I, want, I want to fix it, I want to do something different, then we're, we experience fear. If we can solve the problem, the fear subsides, we feel like we're in balance. When we have problems that we can't solve, like someone else's choices, or we can't control that... Then it may turn into worry, and that worry, as we continue to try to think about how can we fix the problem, how can we solve it, can turn into anxiety. And anxiety can be experienced on the whole spectrum. It could be mild, but it could be very severe to the point of having even panic attacks. When we're talking about relationships, when we feel disconnected, there's a certain amount of sadness. So the sadness of feeling disconnected from our relationships can turn into depression. So I know I'm simplifying this quite a bit, and there's a whole lot more that can go into it. But these two things, anxiety and depression, are going to affect our mental health, our emotional health, um, our physical health, and, of course, our relationships.
0: Does trying to make someone jealous, you know, how we are sometimes <laughs> does that ever work to get someone or a group of people to pay more attention to us whether it's a couple or a work environment or a group of friends
1: so the short answer to that i believe is yes it can work i think it absolutely can and we if we think about all the way back to middle school We can think of examples when someone was trying to make someone else jealous. And there's a lot of folks who still play those games, trying to manipulate the reactions and the responses of the people around them, whether that's in a romantic experience or whether that's at the workplace. So I do believe that that is possible. I don't think it's healthy, but it's definitely possible.
0: How can we control our feelings when we're starting to feel those negative emotions starting to creep up, either to make someone jealous or feeling jealous or envious?
1: There's a couple of thoughts on this. First, I believe the primary antidote to jealousy and envy is improving our relationship with ourselves. If we can step into a place where we begin to love ourselves more... Cultivating, finding ways to feed our own soul, then there's a whole lot less of our internal sense of stability re- relying on someone else. So that's a starting place. Another, I believe, antidote is to just try to practice gratitude. So thinking about the characteristics that we have, the things about us, or the things that we have accomplished that we're grateful for, that we appreciate can help sort of bring some balance to that sense of envy or jealousy that I don't have what this other person has. Of course, another thing, I like to say the joke, if you ask a barber if you need a haircut, they're probably going to say yes. If you talk to me, a lot of times I'm going to suggest you might try counseling, either possibly couples counseling, but also maybe even exploring what about The anxiety, the depression, my relationships, do I need to pay attention to and become more healthy in, so that I can try to address these feelings?
0: How can we reassure our partner, our friend or coworker that we do value them even though we don't make a big scene or explosive reaction to someone else paying attention to them?
1: My initial response to that was to learn about the love languages, the five love languages, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and or touch. Most people have a primary and possibly even a secondary love language in which they receive love. So if we want to help our partner feel more more comfortable, more confident, if we can figure out what is their love language and try to show them that we care in a way that's going to be meaningful to them then that's going to that's going to register for them way differently than if I'm trying to show them maybe that I love them in a way that I receive love so for instance if my love language is touch and my spouse's love language is acts of service it may mean a lot more to her for me to do the laundry or the dishes, that might really communicate something powerful to her as opposed to if I offered to give her a massage. The other thing I talk with a lot of couples about is the sense of safety and respect. All of us need both safety and respect, but most people have one or the other that's a core need. If we can figure that out, does this does this person that I love so much, my significant other, do they really appreciate feeling safe or feeling respected? Of course, that's the deeper work of that is probably, you know, for a couple's counseling session, but to, to pay attention to that and are there things that I can do to help them feel safe or help them feel re- respected? Another way I like to um, encourage people to interact is if you notice that your partner is emotionally activated. Check with that person to see, if you can pause your own emotion, check with that person to see in this moment, do you want comfort or solutions? We often, when presented with a problem, we automatically start thinking of a solution, especially if the one that we love has an issue, whether it be an issue at work or maybe their feelings got hurt or whatever. They present that to us. Maybe they just want to talk about it for a moment. If we jump in with a solution, that can shut things down and we feel disconnected. If we want to feel more connected, we need to be ready to just pay attention and listen, providing comfort in a way that makes sense to them. Maybe that's listening. Maybe that's just holding them for a moment. Maybe holding them while they listen. Maybe it's taking care of the kids while they go have a bubble bath. Whatever we can do to provide them comfort, to provide that space to process what's going on, then if we're able to do that, they may come back and say, I would like your input. At that point, maybe we be ready to give them some solutions. But I always encourage people, try to think of three options, three viable ways that they could handle the situation. Maybe do something, a, a radical change, like, okay, try a different job, try, s- sell this vehicle and buy another one. Maybe it's stick with what you got, you know, and work on just being okay with what whatever is going on. And the other one is maybe you can think of some minor tweaks that you could do. Those are some possible solutions. And I, I like to encourage people to think of at least three because if my partner comes to me and says, What is your input? And I say, well that's a no-brainer. Just do this or just do that. That can be very dismissive to the other person. That can make them feel disconnected. And they may choose to do what we say. But likely they won't, even if it's the right thing to do just because of the way we said it. So Comforter Solutions is a good tool to use to help feel connected. And as we feel more connected, the fears of jealousy and envy and is my partner showing me that they love me because they're having that jealous response, that would subside and be addressed in a different way, maybe a more healthy way.
0: I really like that you brought up the comforter solution because it seems like with, at least with my husband and a lot of my friends, they always say that, well, you know, when they go home and they talk to their husband about, complain about something, the husband always wants to fix their problem. It's like, no, I just want to vent and then I'll be happy.
1: Well, and there's a couple of reasons why we do that. One is we don't want the person that we love so much to be in pain. And so we want to solve it for them. Another thing is it's difficult for us to hold space for someone else to be in pain because it may mean that we have to face the fact that we have pain that's unresolved or unworked on or unprocessed. And so if we can just close down whatever the discussion was by saying, well, just do it like this, then we don't have to face the fact that we've got emotion going on that we don't want to. And husbands tend to be a little worse about this than wives, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I did say that out loud. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I, I happen to agree with you on that. <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to add?
1: I think the thing I would add is in this season, when it looks like everyone has a significant other, to remember that there are lots of folks out there who don't, and that the most powerful relationship that we can uh, have with anyone on earth is the one with ourself. And so if we can step into that space of taking care of ourselves, loving ourselves in ways that are meaningful, for one thing it it may relieve some of the pain of the fact that we don't have a significant other, but also it will prepare us for a potential relationship in the future. So I know this is, this can be a really difficult time. We do see folks in the counseling center a lot, you know, during this time. Because of a breakup or because of something's going wrong in the relationship. And this is the time of year when there's sort of an expectation that relationships are going to be wonderful. And they're not always.
0: I think people also need to remember that What I, I grew up on the border and in Mexico, Valentine's Day is a day to celebrate platonic and romantic relationships. So that, I like to think about that.
1: That is a wonderful point. I did not know that. Well, there you go. Yeah, thank you for telling me.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and shedding some light on jealousy and envying how to love ourselves a little more.
1: You're welcome. I enjoyed this time. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare care provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tierra Castillo, Susana Cisneros, Mark Hendricks K. Williams, and me, Melissa
1: Whitfield.